a consistent brand can increase revenue by up to 33% and brand consistency by up to 80%. And those two are going to feed off each other, right? So they'll support one another. A consistent brand helps you build your business. Welcome to In The Blue Zone, the real estate marketing podcast where difference makers and influencers from around Coldwell Banker discuss how to enjoy success, find inspiration, earn more money, and have fun building a business. We are here with Michael Gaudreau. Michael, welcome to the Blue Zone. Thank you. Glad to be here. So Michael has a very unique background within Coldwell Banker, and he sits in an amazing spot in his role. And uh, I want him to share it, not me, come out of his mouth. Um, so Michael, tell us a little bit about what you do for the brand and for the company. So I am Mike Gaudreau. I am the National Account Services Manager of Design Concierge with the studio, Coldwell Banker's in-house agency, specializing in real estate branding and marketing. How long have you been doing that? I've been in this role for, I want to say, about four and a half years, right around there, uh, the end of November. Uh, I started out as a field marketing specialist in uh, suburban Chicago. Oh, okay. I don't think I knew that. You're part of the marketing team. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I started uh, on Chicago's field marketing team with Amy Lerner, Joyce Holman, and Sarah Christensen uh, back in November of 2020. D17. Hmm. And so, Michael, tell us a little bit about how you got there. Like, what's your background in design? So, I have about 20, 25 years worth of freelance graphic design experience, although that's not my role here. Uh, I am strictly account services with Design Concierge, but it does enable me to speak to some of the more uh, general points of specifically design. Uh, as well as uh, lead agent uh, branding and marketing discussions with our uh, with our clientele. Hmm. Is that you have just one of the most unique roles that I could think of in our company because you know you're like one of the lead, if not the lead, brand master of our ah. company. So you know, outside of the people that you know behind the curtain who work on the CB logo itself, and you know, you've got the like the next step right so you're working with hundreds of individual agent brands throughout the year which is to me very exciting and mm -hmm. so we're really happy to have michael on to share a little bit about branding um and you know kind of the why not so much the how but maybe more the why and um the importance of how brand can change your business right they can take you from one place to another and michael has seen that in many 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 case studies just here within our company over the last couple of years since Design Concierge launched. Uh, and as you know, a big fan of Design Concierge, I know that there's a great process in place where people can do a consultation with you uh, and your team as well and, and really talk through before they launch into buying things. And I think sometimes that's one of the things that agents get backwards is they just go buy something and they don't really have that conversation first and, and think through. Um, and so I, I want to dig into a lot of that, but uh, we have this format we use on our shows uh, that we try to stick to from time to time uh, called something old, something new, something barred and something blue. Um, lots to cover here, I think, but uh, and we just talked a little bit about your background and things that you've done in your past. Um, is there anything um, before we leave the something old that you feel really 
other than your graphic design background that you think really helps you do your job here every day because you got to reinvent people literally from the ground up and you tell us you were telling us stories before the show started about you know people you've distressed just yesterday you had one um you know like things that you brought from your past that help you really kind of reinvent yourself in your job because it's gonna be draining so it's 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 interesting um I all outside of being a freelance graphic designer, I also worked for uh, one of the country's largest uh, cellular networks, uh, cellular providers, and I managed their agent advertising channel. So I developed the annual strategy and managed it uh, for not only uh, direct agent service, but as well for their platform that they launched to provide services to their agents, uh, provide design services and, and marketing services to their agents. Uh, similar in concept to what I do here. Uh, regarding the branding aspect that, uh, of that question, uh, yeah, I, I get um, agents who are anywhere, they, they range anywhere from, oh, I'm just trying to check this out to see what it all means to, Hi, I bought a logo, but it doesn't work for what I need. They didn't give me the right file types. Um, any host of issues that might come from working with an external resource, since they're not necessarily specifically trained in real estate marketing and branding. Uh, Makes sense. For instance, uh, I was recently meeting with someone who used to be a branch manager. Uh, who had gone back to the agent sales side and we finished up with the agent her agent branding conversation and she said oh wow I'm, I'm really excited about this I didn't ex I didn't expect to be I, I'm really pleased with this whole process and I'm like that's I said that's great you know I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to hear it what surprised you the most and she said the entirety of the process hmm. um, when we develop an agent's brand in those agent branding consultations, we start with the agent's story. We start with who you're trying to, to speak to, uh, whether that be a classification of home buyer or seller or a geographic area. Uh, you can define your brand in a multitude of ways. You can define uh, your target market uh, in a couple of different ways. So we kind of walk through that and refine what the agent is trying to do. And from there, we talk about the messaging. So what do you do to help your clients and how do you do it? How do your clients benefit from working with you? And what that does is establish their unique value proposition or their unique selling proposition. Uh, once we have that, then we start talking about how do we talk about this? What words best describe you and your brand? And we pull that all the way through to color and font selection, even logo style selection, depending upon what areas they want to focus on. Huh. I'm, I'm just crazy desire to geek out on what he just said. So it's like all this stuff I want to dig into, <laughs> but for the sake thing. of our audience, I'm not going to do it just yet. No, hold yeah, myself back. But yeah, the the entirety of the process, I think that kind of captures that the essence of that. And it's interesting that a branch manager told you branch managers listening that you think you got it figured out. Maybe you don't. You might want to go reintroduce yourself to design concierge and how it works. Um, well, it's, it's funny that you say that because every once in a while I get agents in these consultations who say, oh, I'm, I'm so stupid with this or I, I don't know about it at all. 
And I tell them, that's why we're here. I mean, it would be like somebody asking me to sell a house. I'm not a licensed realtor. I don't know the process. I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but I can brand you. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, it, yeah. It, for me <clears throat> to expect an agent to be schooled and knowledgeable about marketing would be like them asking me to sell a house. Yeah. Or like walk into a car shop and, you know, and saying like, hey, I don't know how to fix my car. Can you do it for me? Yes, that's what we're here for. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we know how to fix cars. Except don't tell your mechanic that you're really stupid about these things. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So I think that's, you know, a good introduction. Um, one thing I do want to talk about, since we were talking about design concierge a little bit, I want to kind of step back from that. I want to talk about brand. And it's, you know, the branding that you mentioned branding a number of times. And so like, what is, what is brand exactly? You know, is it the sum total of the words to describe you? Like you said, is it, uh, uh, is it a color? Uh, is it a, a graphic of a key? No keys, people, uh, you know, or like a, uh, you know, uh, something else that's like it defines you as a person. We look to other brands, right, that are out there in our environment, our culture. We all know the ones that people hold on high esteem, or maybe we don't. Um, but like, what makes a brand for an agent specifically successful? Like, what do you? How would you define that from a success perspective? It's an interesting question because the idea, the concept, the definition of a brand has indeed evolved uh, uh, over the years. Uh, you know, at one point we thought it was a logo, we thought it was a brochure or a business card. Certainly not. Um, it's it's much more in depth than that, um, but it can also be boiled down to something very very simple. Um, a brand is no longer what we say it is. Uh, a brand is an experience. It's a person's you know gut reaction to what they've just seen or learned from or experienced. Right. So I can put. 84,012 things down on paper. That would be a really detailed brand. Um, but I, I can put all this information down on paper, but if I'm not living it, it's not my brand. Mm -hmm. uh, the example I, I, I give most often is I'm a real estate agent and I've created a brand that says that I am professional, buttoned up and timely. And then I show up to a buyer's tour with a messy car in sweats and a ball cap and 30 minutes late. Well, I haven't lived my brand. I've lived a brand, the brand that the client just experienced, not the one I want, but a brand nonetheless. All of a sudden they have associated me with being messy, unprofessional and late. Doesn't matter what I put on paper. That's what they, that's what I gave them. And make for a great agent bio. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> I'm comfortable. Um, <laughs> yeah, but but it you know, I mean, that that does not leave the impression that you want. So we have to make sure that when we build a brand, we're building a brand that you can live. Yeah. That's why it's so important to be very upfront when we're going through these consultations about where you excel and mm -hmm. where you want to. So to speak, put your money in your brand. What do you want to focus on? What's the story that you want to tell? And we work with you to develop that. How much of that is based on, um, you know, is a buzzword in marketing called buyer personas, um, you know, avatars, other terms like that. But like, how do you, how much do you look at a brand, look at an 
uh, as an agent and you know who you work with now, but maybe you want to work with somebody, maybe you want to grow your business in more affluent direction or more of investor direction or whatever, like how much does a brand reflect or need to reflect the prospective customers that an agent is looking for to grow their business? Or is it something that you can draw them to you? You know what I mean? And it doesn't really matter who they are by doing the professional thing or whatever, the you know button down brand. Um, how much do you think that matters, like going after a target audience like that? I think that you should have a target audience in mind because otherwise you're just speaking to the masses and you don't know which message is going to resonate with whom if you're just throwing spaghetti in a wall and wanting it to stick. Um, you, you really want to pay attention to the words that you use to describe yourself and then your brand. One, to make sure that they're not exclusive. You don't, you don't want to just automatically move people out of your range. Um, uh, you know, move people out uh, or move yourself out of their consideration. If they consider you out of reach, they're just not even going to talk to you. And I've had plenty of agents tell me this where they have spoken with somebody after they bought a house and the client told them, oh, well, we didn't we thought you were luxury. We thought you were upper end. We didn't think that you would hmm. even bother with, you know, a, a house of this value and the agent no, no, not at all. I'd be happy to help you because not only, of course, is that a sale, it's also a referral. Mm -hmm. um, so it's important to know who you want to speak to and develop that message in a way that that highlights their needs without alienating other segments. And it's not as hard as one might think because a lot of those needs are universal you know they transcend uh, a, a target segment uh, it, for example this is this probably the single most expensive thing somebody will ever buy or sell there are concerns that that come along with that that go further than price tag uh, they go further than location uh, is the is the client going to be happy in the home that I just sold to them? Um, is my client going to be comfortable with the sale price that I just got for them? So it 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 you you have to make sure that your message not only attracts people, but also in the same vein doesn't alienate them. It's interesting. I wonder if I wonder if that there's like a zone there of acceptability where you're you're all things to all people, but you also express a personality which could polarize your potential audience, right? So there's people that, like you said, that too high end or too casual things we've talked about, and mm -hmm. other people are like, well, I, you know, I wouldn't want to work with that person. I don't, I don't imagine myself working with them based on what I'm seeing, um, and so. I think there's a I've not have had conversations with agents where they're afraid to express a brand because of that exact reason. They don't want to alienate anybody. Uh, and I think that's potentially throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Um, you know, there's elements of individuality that can be expressed without like, you know, stepping into the mud and causing trouble for yourself. But I think that the but there's so so that kind of brings me to that next question and like what's the very basic level of brand that you think everybody should express? Uh, you know, even if it's not going down the, you know, full, 
you know, Monty of stuff. Sure. Yeah. Um, as long as you are being, and, and I hate to use a, a, a buzzword here, but as long as you are being authentically you, as long as you are presenting your brand in a way that enables the, the prospective client to say, okay, this is what it would be like to work with them. Um, I mean, I have agents who develop brands that are focused more on being welcoming and inviting because they want to attract that large swath. I also have agents who are focusing their brand on being luxury and everything in between. You don't want to use a language that is so overly broad that people feel like you're painting with a wide brush, right? You want to be able to identify their needs and speak directly to them with your brand, whether that be um, a traditional logo, whether it be um, a modern approach, what you want to do is make sure that the language that you include in your story appeals to the, the person in your target market. If you're looking at higher end clients, luxury clients, you may focus on photography and colors that represent that level of brand or that echelon of brand. Whereas if you work largely with um, downsizers, uh, right sizers, you may choose different colors, different fonts, because you have a different client. Yeah, one of the things that strikes me is if you were talking about button down, you know, versus showing up in whatever sweatpants, jeans or whatever. But I do think there's there are certain agents, maybe they work with investors, you know, something like that, that, that their appeal is more to I'm showing up in my jeans, I'm showing up in a T-shirt and I'm I'm just. I'm just a guy you could have a beer with kind of a thing, you know, and that is your brand. And and so it really is, like you said, authentic. We talk about that a lot. It is an overused word, but there really isn't a better one, you know. Um, and I like what you said about it has to be consistent with who you are and who you show up to be. And I guess also connect with um, your client. But I am I am just still curious about how you strike that balance between you know, not wanting to exclude people and yet want to attract a target audience. Do you have to decide at some point in your brand that if you're not going to be all things to all people, that your brand might exclude some? Like if you're going to be um, appealing to first time home buyers, you know, your brand may not appear to or may not appeal to luxury, luxury buyers and sellers. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's at some point, correct. You do have to make a, make a decision as to who your target market is. And you have to develop a brand that is attractive to them, that is interesting to them. That doesn't mean that you are, the, the development of that specific brand does not mean that you are alienating anybody. It means you're focusing on somebody. Mm -hmm. There's a very distinct difference to be made there. That's good. I like that. Yeah. So can you talk about how that comes out in a brand? Because I, I spoke with an agent recently who's rebranding herself to work with. She just turned 55. She wants to rebrand herself to work with 55 plus people. And I'm sure she doesn't want to exclude others, but she just thought in this market and in her stage of life, it's very authentic to her. But whether you use that for an example or something else, how do you 
create that brand that makes that target audience feel comfortable while at the same time saying, um, I, you know, it's not exclusive. Sure, sure. So for, for that specific example, I would likely um, choose colors that are not similar to one another. Uh, they may be complementary colors like black and white or blue and yellow, blue and orange. Um, it could be a gray or a brown and some other color. Uh, those colors go a long way toward establishing trust. I would also probably use fonts that are very, very legible. Mm -hmm. uh, if I were to move into a script font, it wouldn't be very swashy. I probably wouldn't advise moving into a script font. I would probably advise a serif and sans serif combination because you get the traditional aspect of that serif font, but you also get the legibility of the sans serif when you use it in paragraph format and stuff like that. Right. So for brand development, specific little decisions like that can go a long way toward appealing to your target client mm -hmm. while still being appealing to somebody else. Uh, a serif and sans serif combination logo isn't only for right sizers or downsizers. It could also be used in a traditional logo format that appeals to another segment. So what you do is you tell your story, you develop your, your logo and your brand, and then you hold it strong. You use like this, this particular agent, um, the right sizer, downsizer uh, focus. Um, you know, they may use language that is very, very easy to understand, whereas an agent who might be developing a more luxury brand may use a more luxury focused set of voc vocabulary. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. Your page sure. layout could also be much cleaner on a brochure or on a um, uh, an ad. You know, you could you could play around with how element design elements are used. Mm -hmm. Jeff, you had a question. Yeah, so I was just thinking to, to add on to that, like, so what exactly makes up a brand? Like what elements make up a brand, right? So we talk about words, we talk about logos, about colors and fonts and all these things, but like what specific outputs would an agent seek to achieve that, yeah, I'm all in, I want to do a brand, you know, and let's do the color exploration. And I know my target market, I think, and I want to focus on that. And so you, if you go through that process with somebody or if they're going through that process on their own, like what are they, what should they be trying to output in their hands that they can deploy, right? Like what are the main elements? Cause I know that sign concierge has a lot of stuff on there that we, you guys offer, which are not all necessarily, you know, essential not, to a brand suite, not right? So what are everything? Yeah. So like what are the essentials in your experience working with agents that that they really need to express that brand? Do they need, do they need swag, you know, hats, uh, you know, do they need uh, obviously business cards? I don't know. Like what are the things that they would want to have in their hands? If I were to make an assertion about the basics of a brand, I'm going. the first thing I'm going to do is qualify this. Uh, with what who your target market is and what you're going to be producing to um, to get in front of them to get in their site. Uh, but if I had to boil it down to just a few things, um, a logo, and make sure when you get a logo 
that you don't just get a JPEG and a PNG file. You are going to want an EPS file at the very minimum because that file allows you to expand that logo and use it in very large sizes where a JPEG or a PNG file, their format, the file format does not allow for that. You can only get so big before they start getting pixelated and looking like a mistake. Uh, so if you're getting a logo from anyone, be it design concierge or Fiverr or your best friend's cousin's niece, um, make sure that you're getting the files that you need to use that logo properly, because otherwise it's not going to represent your brand well. Uh, design concierge provides all sorts of files that you will need, including native files. If you request it, we will output it that way for you. Uh, the other essentials, not to uh, reference our uh, the, the essentials package, uh, more as a concept here, obviously, but a business card, an email signature, and a website. Those three, I think, are your basics. Um, if I had to take it a step further for a real estate agent, I would also recommend property marketing templates for use in listing concierge. And the yeah. reason for that is because they allow your brand to be consistently used from your personal marketing materials to your listing marketing materials. And that consistency is where that value is created. A consistent brand can increase revenue by up to 33% and brand recognition by up to 80%. When I mentioned this at JenBluth a couple of weeks ago, there were audible gasps in the room. A consistent. You want to re repeat that so that we get to hear that clearly? We'll, we'll do sure, the gasp for you. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, we'll get there it. we go. <sighs> um, so a, a consistent brand can increase revenue by up to 33% and brand consistency by up to 80%. And those two are going to feed off each other, right? So they'll support one another. A consistent brand helps you build your business. So is that from is those numbers coming from outside of real estate, um, like national studies or something like that, or is that something that is internally generated? No, it was uh, it was a study that we um, that we referenced when we were looking at building design concierge back in 2018 and 2019. Yeah, I mean, I think we know that it was within the, it was in the marketing marketing industry i have to find the uh, source yeah Let me do what we're talking because right away i mean i i had no i didn't really feel a lot of debate about that because like we think about the big brands that we love and you know the reason why apple is so popular even after all these years is that their 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 brand is consistent to a, an extreme right oh, yeah. uh, we were just talking about before the call we were talking about uh, target and how Target has this, you know, extremely consistent brand. And Betsy was commenting that she could see a commercial without the logo or anything on it and know it's a Target commercial because of their, to the very flow and feel of their commercials and their messaging. It's so consistent. <clears throat> and you can't tell me Target is one of the most, you know, they're still surviving, let's put it that way, <laughs> department yeah. store chains in the country. And that's not accidental, you yeah. know, when other ones are, failing and they have failed like you know they're probably the one that you don't hear much as much about someone will correct me in the comments but you yeah. know i think that there's probably i don't think there's as much decline in their business as there is in other ones and i don't think i would attribute that and i think we would kind of 
intuitively say, yeah, it's because they have a good brand. I mean, that they're good at stating their message to their customers and delivering on it. Oh, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that study that I just cited was done by Lucid Press. And I can get you the year on that, but I believe it's 2018, 2019. We have well, a link. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, just the fact that you see brands that are spending so much money on promoting their brand, you know, consistently. It, when you said that it boosts your sales by 30%, 30%. I mean, I think I think that if well, that weren't so, you wouldn't see um, brands spending so much it. money to get their oh, brand out there consistently. Oh yeah, and and let's be very, very clear here. Big brands have big pockets. They can, they can pay for a, a large agency to do this. We are an internal agency and our goal is not sales to our agents. We are a cost coverage model. So yeah. if I'm recommending a disruptor package for one agent, and an essentials package for another, it's because of those agents' specific needs and their specific budgets. I don't care if you spend $5,000 with us or if you spend $500 with us. So long as we're getting you where you need to be, that's what makes a difference. And it's the same thing when we're talking about branding, right? A brand is like a personality. Mm. It's what you make of it, it's how you use it. I think that's one of my biggest things that I think I come up against with agents is that they don't see the difference between Cobble Banker's brand and traveling their journey underneath the Cobble Banker brand, right? And they like I'm wearing my Cobble Banker sweatshirt, which you can't see on this camera here, you know. And you know we got our our swag on, right? Which is wonderful, yeah. and we love the Cobble <laughs> Banker brand. Like, He's got the studio. Joint. Michael's got the studio on his shirt. Yeah. He's got the studio. No one knows what that is probably, but it's like that's the design concierge, just the design family within our company. Um, but the you know the the Cobble Banker brand itself is iconic. We love it. We, we, you know, people hang their hat on it for generations. Oh, yeah. um, it's, it's done a good job of reinventing itself. Uh, we had David Marine on, you know, on an episode to talk about that a while back. But, you know, it's okay. So I have all that. What do I need my own logo for? It just seems like extra work, right? And I think that's the one of the things that a lot of people that are listening to this would be like, well, this is all great, but I don't really feel that I need that. Um, and... I don't know if you do need that, but like, how does it benefit your, how do you think it benefits? Do you really get a 30% increase in business? Do you think mm -hmm. uh, if you have a consistent brand? I mean, it would be interesting to explore that. Um, <clears throat> but I don't know. What do you think based on you, where you travel day to day in this company? So here's how I would respond to that. Is a personal brand absolutely necessary? It depends on the agent. It depends on how you're running your business. It depends on if you want to grow your business. You know, do you want to see up to a 33% increase in revenue? I mean, if if you're not ready for that, no, then then you don't want to do it. The Coldwell Banker, just using the Coldwell Banker brand may be right for you. But if you are looking to be recognized against, let's face it, thousands of other agents in your local mm -hmm. area, mm -hmm then you need to stand out somehow. A brand is how you do that. Hmm. I, like you know, that. I was just, just going to ask you, is there like, I'll call it a litmus test for, okay, who should get a brand, who shouldn't get a brand? Like, 
you know, like you just said, you're not looking to grow your business. I sat with an agent last week and she was thinking about rebranding and like, what do I need to do? But truthfully, she's in the part of her, you know, the, the, she's in the stage of her business where she's looking to wind it down a little bit. So is that investment worth it for her or a brand new agent who's just getting started? Are they going to see a 30% increase when they, they maybe aren't even sure what their brand is, but is there, um, you know, like something that you would say before you consider doing a brand, you should, you know, what are, are, are there any qual pre-qualification, you know, not, not pre-qualifications like you must do, but hey, here's some things that you know you're ready for a brand when. I think you can be ready for a brand at any time. It, it 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 does not matter if you are brand new to the business or if you are looking to wind things down. There can be value found in building your brand uh, in a number of ways. Um, I've had agents who are very involved with their communities who have created a brand that also serves to highlight that involvement. That's great for them because people love it when you are involved with your community, when you're giving back, when you are contributing. Uh, I've had agents who are looking to get out of the business, but they have a team and they're going to you know, hand over the reins to somebody. So they're trying to set them up for success. They may also uh, be trying to evolve that brand into the new team. So there are there are different ways to value a personal brand. It just depends on what your goals are. Hmm. Yeah, it's 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 something I try to stay out of. You know, when I have conversations with agents, I don't I don't I've learned, especially since we launched design concierge, I don't have to have these conversations anymore. I can just say talk to Michael, but. Um, <laughs> You know, I think that for me, somebody who's brand new, having been there as an agent, being brand new and working with a lot of new agents, I feel like there's an element that that could be a distraction for a new agent that's seeking to learn the craft of real estate. Mm -hmm. um, I do think there's like a, there's a, you know, there's a stage where you've level set your career, your craft mastery. And so then you can now kind of look around and say, how do I differentiate myself from everybody else who's got the same craft skills, right, in my marketplace? And I think that's where brand, all of a sudden you kind of see that switch kind of flip in people's minds and they're thinking more, and they might not express it as brand. They right. might have a meeting with me or Betsy and they express it as, you know, better marketing uh, or more marketing or how do I do something different? How do I change it up? And like, so they've already reached that, L, that like after 18 months or two years, maybe they've done like 30 deals or something like that. And they reach a point where they kind of know their business now. They know they could do a deal, they could do the, that process, but now they want to layer on something else to their business that it kind of differentiates themselves. And I think that's a, a good time to really dig into brand. I don't know if you're three weeks into the business that that's really a, a, a task I would set you on. Um, and there's exceptions, of course, you know, because you oh, could have been course, in, in yeah. business for yourself for 20 years and then now you're transitioning to real estate and you're hitting the ground. You know you have to do the craft, but you also know the value of brand from prior career iterations and you want that. That's totally fine. But I think if you're new, you're in your early 20s or something like that out of high school, we do have a lot of agents that are in that rage range right now that are coming up. And I don't know if I would push them after a personal logo just yet. Um, Although I think there that's are, just me. There, that's just me. Yeah. And again, there's always an exception, but I, I think there are, there's occasionally the agent who's branded to the business and they have a why 
you know, I'm in the business mm. and it's it's defined and it's different from it's not like I want to help people. You know, I want to influence the next generation of Latinos. We have a, an I want to be right an entrepreneur. That, that that right. I mean, there we have a a rookie of the year. That that's his his kind oh, of yeah. he hasn't developed his brand yet, but that's what it is. I want to help the next generation of Latinos. Well, you know, someone like that Shout could build Alberto a brand. Mateos. Yeah, it's Alberto Mateos. <laughs> um, that's <laughs> that's someone who you know because you you have your why defined, you know, and I think and that's that could be an exception that proves the rule. But that's sort of what I was getting at. Is there a point at which someone says? Okay, like I need to define that why, and my brand is part of defining that why. Or I, I, I don't even know what a why is, and maybe I need to, you know, think about that first before I build my brand. So I'm oh, not yeah. going. Yeah, no, there. I mean, if you are, if you're brand new to the business and you are learning, you know, all these platforms and all these rules and all these, you know, practices. Yeah, it's probably not the right time to build a brand. You've got a fire hose aimed at you and you're trying to exactly. absorb all this information. Uh, that just adds more to your plate. Yeah. What that's going to do at that time is just make you more hectic. And yeah. what do you do when you're hectic? You make quick decisions and you mm, don't absolutely. bother to look for the supporting information underneath them. You rely on instinct or want instead of relying on a set approach, right? So if it is, you know, if you're brand new to the business and you're learning all this stuff, if it's an incredibly hot market and you're running all over the place and you're not a marketer, well, that's just gonna frustrate you. I mean, you're going to feel the pressure of having to respond to proofs because every two weeks we send a reminder <laughs> and you're, you know, you get the, and the emails start piling up and then the pressure starts piling yeah. up. Oh my gosh, I've got to get back to this. Oh my God, they put it on hold. Oh my gosh, what's happening? You know what I mean? So maybe- <laughs> yeah, we know all about what you mean. Oh emails. yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and it, I mean, it happens, It, you know, I mean, you get busy. If yeah. If you're in the middle of that process and you get slammed, just say, hey, look, I have to put this on the back burner right now. It's perfectly fine. Let's come back to it when I have time to responsibly make these decisions, to right. make these decisions in an informed fashion rather than just checking off a list. You yeah. want to make sure you're so in the fourth right Fourth quarter spot. and first quarter are a good time for that, by the way, everybody. Oh, yes. This is oh, entering yes. a good time of year. Like Betsy <laughs> and I get busy from now to the end of the year. As the year starts to wrap up, people want to figure out how they're going to do something different next year. So this is uh, one of the main things is branding. This is good, good yeah. timing for this episode. This is yeah. the perfect time of the year for this because typically business is a little bit slower and you are gearing up for that next year. Yeah. You, you don't have, you know, seven listings and two buyers and have to go and renew your license right now. That's next year for us in PA, wherever your state is. <laughs> All right. So I think we, I, what I really want to hear next um, is how do you and your designers, how many designers do you have under you, by the way? Well, so I uh, lead the account services team. So I have, yeah. I have a mighty team of one, Kennedy Kreitz and I. Yes. Uh, Kennedy, but yeah. then, yeah. But then we also have our design team. And I believe that there are about a total of 10, 12 designers there. Uh, yeah. We have a team of copywriters as well. These are professionally trained copywriters, just like our designers are. Uh, we have a large team of project managers that assist our agents 
uh, by acting as the intermediary between the agent and the designer and or the copywriter. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a large team. I want to say that we're right around 50 people for design concierge specifically. So how do you and maybe your designers that you, you know, you hang out with, how do you guys draw inspiration? This is the something borrowed portion, right? So how do you, what are the things that you go to for, uh, to be filled up so that you can bring energy to the agents, uh, bring, uh, fresh approaches instead of just kind of getting in that rut where you're like, yeah, you should just do sans serif and purple and be done with it. You know, it's like, you know, so how do you like, how do you re-energize yourself to be that person? Because this is a you know this is a creative endeavor in real yeah. estate. This, we're not as lean leveraged on creative as we you know as so you're in a creative endeavor within a non-creative industry. I don't know how to say that correctly, but so you have to actually bring the bring the mojo right to these things to distinguish your your team has to do that. So how do you guys? What do you borrow? How do you grow? It's so this is what I love about our agent branding consultations, because they are very, very specific to whomever we're speaking with. And it changes every single every single consultation we have. So I draw a lot of inspiration from there, but I also keep not only a digital file folder, but a box in the closet right over there, uh, an idea box. Hmm. And I just, if I see an ad I like, if I see a brochure or a business card I like, if it's a physical piece, I put it in the box. If it's a PDF or a screenshot that I take, I'll, I'll throw it in my folder. And I will take ideas from other people and modify them so that they fit another agent. And of course that, that and not for a brand, not for a logo, but maybe an ad layout or a page layout of some sort. Um, but with regard to brand development specifically, it's all in the conversation I have with an agent. Uh, by the time we get through talking about the agent's story, words that describe their personality, words that describe their brand, by the time we get through those three kind of sections of our branding uh, consultation, I'm usually pretty close to be able to uh answering some of the questions in concert with the agent um uh that we have yet to speak to like are you more um traditional or modern do you have a youthful approach or a mature approach do you like curving or hard edge designs um mm. it, it's pretty clear uh mm. where the agent is going after just uh, probably about a third of the uh the consultation mm. And it really is just at that point, it's kind of helping them shape where they want to move next as far as their brand development. Are there any podcasts or books that you subscribe to or your team subscribes to that you guys know about that you can share with the audience? We can put them in the links in the show notes, uh, you know, to an Amazon book or something on Apple Podcasts, whatever. Is there anything that you guys... Uh, or you personally draw on for that type of energy or any kind of energy? So uh, the IHAF, in-house advertising or in, in-house agency uh, forum, is a, uh, a great site. Uh, it has all the latest stuff that's going on in marketing and advertising. Um, Cranes typically has some some good stuff from time to time. 
Uh, otherwise, it is. Well, it, Adobe has a lot of great resources, but you're typically in a um, a subscription for their content that uh, focuses on their software, but the content comes with it. Mm-hmm. So there, there's a few out there, but I really focus my line of work, my specific branding and marketing for agents on the specific agents needs. Um, that's for the brand development. So the the what supporting the brand. Our designers, on the other hand, are constantly, constantly looking at different ways to use tools. Our copywriters uh, also do that. Um, once we get through the branding consultation, we wind up with an inspiration board, a one-sheeter for the agent's brand that is submitted with their projects. Mm. And that gives the designers and our copywriters, our creatives, um, space to play. You know, they have their guidelines and then they have their knowledge and they use the knowledge to kind of expand what's on the paper. All right, well, we'll definitely put those. I was going to say, is there anything new that you're seeing in the area of design that like, I think I heard on, I was on a call with you we were both on a call together at some point and we talked about something coming up uh, that you guys are working on is animated logos, um, things like that. Is there any, or anything just specifically design wise that you see trends that are going in a certain direction right now with design? With design, it's a really, really clean design. It's legibility uh, mm. is, is, is the main thing people are looking for um, in in materials, you know, in, in brochures, business cards, ads, stuff like that. Um, legibility is the biggest one. Uh, gray is not as popular uh, as it had been for many, many years. It's moving over into um, kind of the flattened earth tones, the lighter earth tones uh, mm-hmm. that are uh, coming into play. Grage is always going to be popular. Um, fonts that are not overly ornate. It's not that they go middle of the road. It feeds back to the legibility issue. It feeds back to um, having just a modicum, just a modicum of um, being reserved so that you're not going over the top. Mm. That's probably the most of what I'm seeing right now. Very good. Well, um, so last thing, Michael, something blue. Um, and I think I heard you mention Jen Blue a couple of times. I'm really curious. I think I'm, I mean, I'm going to kind of put it on you, but that you're something blue. Like, what was it like being at Jen Blue as a, you know, on the behalf of design concierge and speaking design to the agents? Like, what was the reception you got? What was it like being there? What was your blue experience? It was exhilarating. Um, I mean, let's be clear. I, 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 I had to really focus on the content uh, because what we did for our Gen Blue presentation, uh, I worked with Passion Broussard on Listing Concierge, uh, mm-hmm. and we presented how a brand was developed, and then how you put it into action. Right. And it was like having an agent branding consultation for 200 people in the room. 
Um, and and there were there were a lot of reactions as we moved through uh, the presentation. Uh, I didn't really expect the level of audible uh, audible nodding. I'm going to call it. Uh, people expressing either disbelief in something that was said, like good disbelief, uh, being surprised at something, being uh, agreeing with something or acknowledging uh, an experience that they've had in the past and applying it to marketing and branding. You could you could see all of that going on out in the audience, which was great. Um, we had it was standing room only. We had people sitting on the floor uh, mm -hmm. around the walls uh, to, mm. to be at the presentation, which was really inspiring. Um, and perhaps what what surprised me the most when we asked for questions at the end, we had about 10 minutes left for questions and we were the final session before lunch. People stayed around after that 10 minutes for another 20 into their mm -hmm. lunchtime to ask questions of both Passion and I. Mm -hmm. So design concierge and listing concierge really uh, felt a lot of love there. That's pretty super cool to hear yeah. that. I think yeah, that. I, uh, yeah, no, I think that, uh, you know, you you guys have bring a lot of energy that doesn't exist anywhere else in our company. Like it's like, you know, some things you see, you feel like we're, oh, we're talking about contacts again. Oh, we're talking about whatever again. But it's like, you know, with design and with branding, it's it's every agent is an entrepreneur at the end of the day. Everybody who's in this business is an entrepreneur, like by yeah. definition. Um, and entrepreneurial people have a place in their brain, in their heart for a brand and for design color and they know it's there that they maybe mm -hmm. even got mm -hmm. into this business because of people they've seen doing it that way and so it's something that resonates with every single real estate agent at some level and uh that's what i love about it you know that it's so uh versatile oh yeah i mean it's you're right they are entrepreneurs they're sm they're essentially small business owners and as a small business owner Branding and marketing, regardless of whether or not you like it, does fall under your purview. Uh, you are responsible for your success. Now, there are platforms and tools and people that help you, and that's what Design Concierge is. Uh, but you, you've, you've got to, if you're going to build a brand, you have to dedicate to it. You have to invest in it, and you have to make sure that you're using it consistently, just like any other tool in your toolbox. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's a good way to end, actually. <laughs> I liked it a lot. Well, Michael, how can somebody get a hold of you if they want to do a brand consultation or or follow you or anything like that? So on desk uh, in the Help Center, there are links to all of our uh, consultations, uh, agent branding consultation, product review consultation, current product consultation. Um, you can go to the Design Concierge website to review uh all of our uh, products and offerings packages uh you could also reach out to me at michael.goodrow at anywhere.re m-i-c-h-a-e-l dot g-a-u-d-r-e-a-u at anywhere.re very good well it's been great having you on um i'm gonna go back and listen to this episode a couple times because there's so much goodness beat in there um <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's been great having you on and uh, we look forward to working with you in the future on design projects. Oh, so do I. And thanks for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to chat with you. Yeah. All right. Thanks for being in this loop. Thanks for joining us in the Blue Zone. That's <laughs> right. Love the Blue Zone. Love it. <laughs> All right. Take care, everybody. Bye.
Bye.